Um, right, the first reading is from Acts 2, uh, cha- Acts chapter 2, verse 27 to 32. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, you will not let your holy ones see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, and he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. The second reading is from John chapter 20, verses 19 to the end. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jenna. I'm going to invite Betty to come up. Betty's going to be bringing God's word to us, explaining and expounding and whatever else. Let's just pray for Betty. So you can all join with me as well. Father, thank you for Betty. Thank you for her openness to you. Thank you for the way that she's been listening to you uh, as she's been preparing for this morning. We pray, Lord, that as she brings uh, your word to us, that our hearts and our minds may be open and we'll, be, we'll go away changed and that Betty will be blessed through this service this morning. Amen. Amen. Okay. Good morning. So, Christ is risen. 
Hallelujah. So, it's been a week since we celebrated. What has your week been like this week? What have you been doing to celebrate, to continue the celebration? The readings for today have a lot in it, but we sometimes, you know, read the word and become too familiarized with it. So last week, a lot of us take the Holy Week very seriously. We go into the Holy Week fasting, praying, getting ourselves ready for Easter. What about the rest of the year? What have we been doing? What does the resurrection story tell to you? What does it mean to you? I know sometimes um, <laughs> when I preach, they ask me, you know, what did you give the title of the the message. Today I want to say, you know, it's a deli- you know, a delicate and well thought out plan of God. A deliberate and well thought out plan of God. Let's not look lost. We we'll get there somehow <laughs> to make sense at the end of it. Now, before I start, you see the hymn we just sang, From Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe. It's one hymn that, since the day I heard it, spoke so much to me. Um, he came, he served. He did not look at himself so highly that, you know, he should say, okay, yeah, I'm a king. I came from my kingdom. I'm just coming here to sit. I'm not going to serve anybody. You all beneath me. Um, If he did look at people like that, then he wouldn't have stooped down and washed the feet of his disciples. Now that song says, this is our God. The seventh king, he calls us now to follow him, to do what he did. Are we doing what he did? Or are we still locked up in that room with fear, not daring to come out to do what he told us to do? Now, when we read that story, we'll look at fear. Why were they afraid? They were with Jesus for all this time. So that means they did not believe. That's why they were afraid. But let me just ask something. Please, I would like for some show of hands or just answer me. Tell me. Have you ever experienced fear? Thank you. Fear is something that we all we all have a measure of it. It's just when it becomes too much, 
psychologically, you know, it's called an irrational fear. Fear becomes too much when you know that, oh, when I walked through that road yesterday, I saw somebody being attacked. So anybody who walks there, or when I walk there, I'm going to be attacked. But that's irrational because you've walked that road before. You've never been attacked. Why do you feel that that's going to happen? But that is what fear does to us. It keeps us you know, hostage. It keeps us together in a place they were afraid to actually move. There are people who fear so put in prison, even in their own houses, that they cannot go out to buy food. They can't even get out of their bed to have a shower. To even eat is a struggle. And of a guy that I worked with some time ago, he actually, when he's walking, to him, he didn't see it happening, but he have a hunchback from fear, fear of what people are going to do to him. That's what fear can do to you. But his disciples, they were together. You know the phrase they say, you know, there's safety in numbers. So they were afraid of the Jews. They locked themselves up in the room. We can be together. We can pray together and believe that, you know, Something will happen. Something good will happen. But something had already happened. But until they wake up to it, they will not grasp what has happened. Um, I want us to actually just look through the resurrection story. What does it mean? Like I said earlier, does it mean something to you? Was that the end of the story? He died. He was placed in the tomb, the tomb. And then when they went back, it was empty. He's risen. He's not here. He's gone. Was that the end of the story? And was that the whole story? No. The resurrection story, it's like the beginning of a story. When you watch a film, it's not, it does not comprise of just one thing or one person. Little, little things brings together this film. Imagine, oh, the other thing is this morning when we were praying, um, something the Holy Spirit laid in my heart and I shared it and they were, oh, you need to speak about that later. Yes, I want to speak about that right now. Have you ever knitted anything before or weave any basket, any kind of thing before? Who have ever knitted? Yeah. Yeah. Or weave the basket. So I'm thinking, I have this picture of uh, a basket being woven or when you start knitting, as a child I did learn how to knit. So that first stitch, you tie it nicely, and that's what holds everything together. And that is what the resurrection story is to the Christian faith. Without the resurrection story, there is no Christianity. Do you know that? So. He died. 
he rose. But is that the end of the story? No. It's part of his story. We look at Thomas growing up when, you know, we, we had a song about Thomas. Thomas did the most. Don't be without faith. Believe. And we sing it so nicely, especially in Sunday school. We would tell each other, you are Thomas. You are doubting one. Why do you doubt every time? Believe. But really, there's, a, more, there's more, more to Thomas than meets that doubting bit. He did not end there. It was part of his story. It's not the whole story of Thomas. Have you ever read that bit and asked yourself, how did he end? Was that his whole story? Have we ever you know, asked ourselves that? How did he go? See, Thomas, after saying, mm, no, I will not believe. But we, we actually say the same thing every day, but we don't hold ourselves you know, to it and say that's our whole story. When sometimes we sit and say, I don't believe it. That cannot be true. Do we, have you ever said that before? But have we ever said to ourselves after making that statement that, oh, that is who I am. But we actually have looked at Thomas and think, you know, doubting Thomas. We named him doubting Thomas because he says he will not believe until he sees. But when he saw, he believed, he repented. He repented of his disbelief and became a strong believer of the one that called him. You see, Thomas was called just as we all have been called. The words that was read, read out today, when he stepped into the room, he says, peace. He said, peace. Now, what is there in your life that is the fear factor that is holding you in one place, that is stopping you from stepping out? It could be the fear of loneliness, fear of failure, fear of growing old. Some people are afraid of that. Um, in my culture, it's good to get old. <laughs> so we are happy to get old. So it's fear of getting old. Some people don't want to get old because they see old as a bad thing. But it's a good thing. The gray hair is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I say that, then I don't have the gray hair. I'll cover it. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good thing, though. It's a good thing. And it's something that we, we need to begin to celebrate. He said, in all things, we should give thanks. So if you give thanks in whatever situation you are, in wherever your closed door is, the Lord will step into it 
And then, it's only then you will have the courage to step out. Step out of your closed door. Open that door wide open and step out for people to see who God is in your life. Shame is a bad thing. Shame, fear, they hold you captive. When you are in that place and you don't feel like going out, that's your closed door. You are in, you know, you are in that tomb bit. You don't, you, you are not coming out. You are in, but it is there is time to go out, and the time to step out is when you hear the still small voice telling you, "It's not that bad, my dear." Have the peace in your heart. Step out. If you accept that peace then you'll be able to step out of your fear. The things that have been written in the Bible as the scripture tells us today, we are written for us to believe. Do you actually believe? Because if we believe in the things that have been written in the Bible, then we'll have the strength and the courage to step out, to open the door to whatever is holding us captive. You see, the fear is what leads you into depression. The fear is what leads you into a place where you don't even want to talk to anybody. You don't trust anybody. You believe nothing. The only thing you believe about yourself is the negative. And that negativity comes pouring out of you and it just intoxicates everything and everyone around you. You will not see anything good around you. But that's not the spirit Christ has given to us. That's not what has been given to us. He's handed us something beautiful that we need to learn to walk in. And that is his love. He gave us love. And love cast away fear. I, you know, recently we have um, gone through the loss of somebody through domestic violence, um, a gospel singer in Nigeria. Spirit of fear kept, keeps women or people, I'm not uh, men or women, because both sexes suffer from that, keeps you in this prison. Your doors are shut to the outside world. When you are told, you know, why don't you get out? You say, oh, but where will I go? That is fear. And it keeps people so locked up. Locked up in a prison. You might even buy the biggest mansion and you are locked up inside it because of fear. The Jewish people, we are afraid, afraid of being killed, afraid, you know, the, the, sorry, the disciples, we are afraid of the Jewish people killing them. So they lock themselves up. 
during the pandemic last year, I traveled um, to Nigeria for a wedding. And I went home with, you know, mask. I bought a lot. Mask, go-go, <laughs> everything. You know, sanitizers. And um, <laughs> somebody looked at me and said, you're very prepared. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm not carrying this home. <laughs> and the, the lady said, he said, hmm, well, the way I look at it, I have one life and I have one death. So I'll live the life. If I die, I die in Christ. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Didn't look at it that way. <laughs> so that actually brings me, brought me out of my own fear of death through COVID because the fear of it was so bad that you go to work and you're afraid of people around you or we have this person gone. It's all fear. We need to break out from the spirit of fear. They did. The disciples, they broke out from that fear. If they did not, we wouldn't be here today. If they stayed locked up, we all will not be here today. Because someone had to go out and tell about the resurrection story. If they stayed locked up, you would have not heard the good news. The apostles would not have traveled all over the world to tell of the good news of the resurrection. Ha, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. He did not stay a doubter forever, though. Do you remember? Do you know that um, he was the one that actually went to um, India? He was the apostle to India. He took the good news to India. And guess how he died? He was martyred. Five spears were tossed into him. Does that sound like a doubter and, you know, somebody who was chicken out to you? He believed. He opened the door. He walked out. He dared to go to places where they did not know about Christ. To tell them about this wonderful friend of his, the Messiah, the Savior, the one that was nailed to the cross, the servant king that came to serve. So, what can you do differently today? What doors are closed? What is there in your life that you need to step out of? Can you think of anything? 
whatever is there that you need to step out of. Now is the time to step out. You celebrated Easter last week. The resurrection story does not end at Easter. It's an everyday thing. Christ died, he rose. I love the way the message, the message version actually reads out the acts. Um, hang on, acts. Let me see if I can pick them together. I've scattered everything. <laughs> I love message version, okay? And I love, I love the way it reads out. I want to read that to you before I finish because I want you to understand something there. Pick up this. So Acts 2 verse, I start from verse 22 because I want it to all come together. You understand it better. So it says, fellow Israelites, listen carefully to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man thoroughly accredited by God to you. The miracles and wonders and signs that God did through him are common knowledge. This Jesus, following the deliberate, well-thought-out plan of God, was betrayed by men who took the Lord into their own hands and was handed over to you. And you pinned him to a cross and killed him. But God unite, untied the dead ropes and raised him up. Death was no match for him. David said, so was now talking about what David wrote in the Psalms. So David said it all. I saw God before me for all time. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out, ecstatic. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. I know you'll never dump me in Hades. I'll never even smell the stench of death. You've got my feet on the life path with your face shining sun joy all around. Dear friends, let me be completely frank with you. Our ancestor David is dead and buried. His, his, his tomb is in plain sight today. But being also a prophet and knowing that God had solemnly sworn that a descendant of his will rule his kingdom, seen far ahead, he talked of the resurrection of the Messiah. No trip to Hades, no stench of death, this Jesus God raised up. And every one of us here is a witness to it. Then, raised to the highest at the right hand of God and receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father, he poured out the Spirit he had just received. That is 
what you see and hear. For David himself did not ascend to heaven, but he did say, God said to my master, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a stool for resting your feet. All Israel then know this. There is no longer room for doubt. God made him master and Messiah. This Jesus whom you killed on the cross. He is the Messiah. There is no doubt about that. See, both scriptures that we have read today. The other one tells us that, you know, what has been written is for us to believe. It's been written for us to understand, know what has happened so that we'll believe. And here we have been told, there's no room for doubt. Do not doubt who God is. Do not doubt what he can do in your life. Do not doubt what he can do in your children's lives. Do not doubt what's going to happen in your old age. Do not doubt what you would do in, the, in five years from now. Do not doubt, you know, for those who think, oh, people are winning the lottery, I haven't. Uh, somebody said to me, you know, you can only win the lottery if you play it. Some of us don't play, but we think we will win. <laughs> Let's step out of, you know, the doors that we have closed in our lives. Let's step out and tell of the story of the resurrection. He sent us message to go out and tell others. It's time for us to go out, seriously. After he has said this, he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Whatever the fear is, I want to say to you, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Whatever is troubling your heart, whatever is there in your heart that makes you want to cry every day, Whatever is there in your heart that make you doubt the power of the resurrected king. I want to say, peace be with you. He will step in through the door. See, even if you close the door and you say, God, I actually don't want you here. He's there waiting for you to open. But Christ is there. He's walked through the closed door and he's there. It's for you to accept him, to allow the light to shine forth in your life, through your life. The death of a partner is not the end of your life. The end of relationship is not the end of your life. Having enemies within, you're not the first one that had one. Judas was called by Christ. He was a friend. He sat with him. He ate with him. 
for he was the one that betrayed him. That's not the end of life. Life continues. The resurrection is part of his story. The story continues, and you are part of the story. Let your life be the thread in that story that Christ has made you to be. Step out and do your bit. Amen.